0: June 4th, 2013. And tonight, uh, we're just kind of a little episode. We're going to talk uh, about some review of some games that we played in recently or participated in recently. And we're going to talk about game prep. We have some uh, games coming up and we've uh, got a guest on tonight. and We're going to talk about that.
1: So. And our guest tonight, I would normally say our very special guest, but he's already been here once, maybe even twice. So our guest tonight is Jeffrey Lotes of the uh, Broomfield Loatses. Jeffrey yes, loads. yes. Jeffrey. How's it
2: going? I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> and I've only been on once. Okay. I believe the second time that I was supposed to be on, oh, yeah, we was something to. To, said to the comment that I was not cool enough. So, yeah,
1: because yeah. we had Magnus on instead, because he's an that's international right. IFGS superstar. Yeah, yes. Had to have the superstar who, on. Who I, also won the Oklahoma like, LARPing Duelist competition. So I, I saw that, yeah. That's Did he cool. win? Yeah, well, he won. Yep. So apparently they did like a second list with open weapon. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't know what the first list was, and he won the open weapon. Yes, I wonder
0: what his weapon of choice was. I mean, after the last game, like he fights with so many different weapons. You know, I just don't know what he's gonna pull out.
1: Well, he, he said, you know, his big like arm sword thing. He said he's never lost with that. So maybe uh, that was
0: yeah, it's got to be the arm sword.
1: Arm sword? Yeah, he has a he has a weapon which basically it's a it's a sword. Imagine that it's a uh, like a. Do you know what a punch dagger is? Mm-hmm. So imagine a punch dagger that's, you know, 42 inches long,
2: oh,
1: um, crazy. and the, the the hand guard basically comes, like, all the way, basically all the way up to the elbow.
0: Yeah, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, it's like the so. extension of his arm, like, big wolverine claw mm-hmm. that's, like, 42 yeah, inches long. Exactly.
1: And I know Tom Matthews used to have, he used to have a character that had lost one arm and had a sword sort of bolted yeah, on. Yeah, I remember that too. But... I noticed that these seven oh rules say that you may not have a weapon attached to your body. So I wonder what happened to that character.
0: What's been going on with IHS lately? Let's, uh, let's, let's go through a couple things. Uh, writing has any writing been going on guys.
1: Some writing has been going on. We, we did some revisions of long way from home, which is coming up here on the 22nd.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, uh, that is in sanctioning, uh, for it's hopefully last or second to last pass. Yep. Um, Mike mostly has been pretty busy working on Envoy, which is a game we plan to do next year. Mm. Um and then I've actually been working on uh shelf games, so you know, sanction uh society sanctioned um games that anyone can like pull out and run. Um, it was a stated priority of the uh fantasy rules committee that um shelf games were the number one thing that the IFGS was missing, so um, in the SSC, we've been working pretty hard to try and get some of those through. And so I, I've been updating Sable Pass, and um, I turned in Fable first, and stuff like that. So that's that's what's going on with me with writing. Nice. Um, so I, sh- I
2: I yeah. certainly still uh, have some writing that I'd like to be done,
0: but I haven't done any of it. Yeah, recently. me too. Dark Quest is still on my, my to-do yeah. list. Yeah.
1: obscure (laughs) honeydew list
0: (laughs) so speaking of envoy so william and i went down to texas a couple weeks ago and we played in a game down there and and one of the things i asked him i think on the way back was what games do we want to do next year because we want to start getting everyone thinking about writing now so that they can turn them in in the fall we have all winter to sanction them and they'll be ready to produce in the the upcoming season and he mentioned this game envoy and, and envoy I didn't have a lot of ownership over the game because I didn't write it the first time. I NPC'd it and it was sort of Will's idea. Um I, I and basically I just started thinking about it one night. I was reading a book and I got some ideas and I think it's coming together to be a really fun game. Like
1: Yeah, I think it I think your your rebuild of it is is, is very good. Nice. I yeah. was impressed. We don't we, usually when one of us goes like, okay, I've got this great idea that I came up with for this game. Here's, here's what it should look like. The other one goes like, wow, that's really not as good as you thought it was. <laughs> um, and uh, in this particular case, when he, he sent me the synopsis and I was like, that's really good. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. So,
0: and I was convinced I was... you were going to hate it because it was your baby. And I, I sort of took it off in a different direction. And I was convinced you were going to love it. And then you, you, you modified it some. You sort of you know, gave it a different pass. <laughs> and you said, what if we did this with it? This, is, this theme is too strong. Let's go with this other direction. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, and then
1: I thought you were going to hate that, and you kind of agreed with that. So. Yeah. Maybe you guys confused. are learning. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> okay. after,
0: after 15 years. The, the interesting thing about the game is uh, when it was originally run, it was run. The intention is only female players could play in it. And so we had a team of, of all women. And so I think this time we probably won't go all women, but we'll go at least majority of the team has to be women. Um, and I think it creates an interesting dynamic, and you can have some some challenges that I think um, a lot of our female players are really going to enjoy. Not that you know, it's always necessarily different than the male players, but sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. Sanctioning? Anyone doing any sanctioning these days?
1: I have done some of my first IFTS sanctioning. Um... Oh, yeah yeah um i did the society sanctioning pass of um sand and air um which was a game written back in nineteen ninety two i think it might have been eighty two might have been seventy two i don't remember no, it was not um it was probably not seventy two no, um no but anyway it was a game that uh, pat McGarity uh gave to the society and um i i got to look it over and Give comments and send it back, which is something I haven't done since, you know, yeah. before IFGS. So,
0: how is it being on the other side of the aisle? I mean, you've been a writer. A, I'd like to say against sanctioning for so long. You know, <laughs> you're, you're you're always the opposition. If, if
1: any if if any writer has ever been a writer versus sanctioning committee, it has been me.
0: <laughs> so so how's it like being on the other side of the the aisle?
1: Well, so Brandon asked me that. He said, "So do you like sanctioning?" And I said, "I, I don't mind it. I, I can't say I like it." Um, especially especially because society sanctioning is somewhat different in that we're not supposed to be adjusting story at all, right? We're not supposed to give ideas like, hey, have you considered this? Or, you know, the players might really get a kick out of it if you you know, put in this role-playing part or whatever. Um, We're really just supposed to be looking it over for mechanics, you know, for making sure it got fully upgraded to 7.0 and sort of treasure values. So it's, it's not, it's not sort of full sanctioning. Um, And why not? Because the idea is that these games are games that have been through, um, ideally play at the local levels. Um, and we know that they work. So if we start adding story suggestions and mechanic suggestions, and then it's basically like it hasn't been sanctioned. Um, and the idea really is just supposed to be that these are sort of updated games that have already proven themselves. Um, so, gotcha. Jack, yeah. So, um,
2: so, I've been doing a little bit of sanctioning here and there for the Nexus games that have been running here in Denver Boulder.
1: Boo. Um,
2: <laughs> you don't like the
0: fact that
1: they're being sanctioned? No, I don't like the fact that the next one's under 7 0. Is it really? Yeah.
0: What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you'll need to talk to your uh, your writer about that, Jeff, as as the past yes, of those I games. So. Yeah, Will, do you want to talk uh, talk a little bit about that? About what? Why it's under seven?
1: no, I don't think we need to go to there. I'm just booing that it is. <laughs> okay. Um, but yes, we should let Jeff go on with his his sanctioning. <laughs> so I've been boo. Doing, I mean, doing
2: a li- <laughs> hold it in there. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of that, and um, mostly that's been about sanctioning the additional, the occasional add-on encounter, basically. Sure. Um, and then the magic shop always, you know, dust off the, the blue book. Um, and then the only other games that are on my sanctioning plate are ones for this summer. And one of them is with the writer and the other one, I think I've lost track of a little bit. So I need to figure out what's going on with...
1: Um, what do you mean so it's that, with... Oh, it's with the writer, meaning it's the, it's there. They've got it. In it's their on their position. plate right now. Yeah. Right, got
0: it, okay. Yes, yeah. I, as ST's chair, I, I think you should not lose track of that other game. Make yes, sure I done. think you're right.
1: Okay. <laughs> is that, is that no. Sable Pass? No.
0: No, oh, Sable okay. Pass hasn't been assigned to subcommittee. No one's volunteered. Oh, okay,
1: great. Oh, great. So, yeah, perfect.
0: Yeah, I'm not sanctioning anything right now, I don't think. I'll probably sanction Sable Pass when we get say, some other volunteers. Get on. That, well, I need some other volunteers, but um, yeah, I'm not You really don't. We really do. You need more than one person. But, um, yeah, so I'm not really sanctioning anything right now. We finished up some magic item uh, VMRs. And, um, yeah, right now it's just sort of getting the sanctioning committee finished up with this season and started with next season. So I'm going to focus on that.
1: Speaking of VMR, um, I I had a vow, actually. A vowel? Yes, a vowel. Did you buy it? I had to. They do not come cheap. No. Um, No, I had a vow. And that was I've decided to... "Quote unquote abuse the leveling and VMR policy until they tear it from my cold dead hands."
0: <laughs> so, who's the next character to tenth? Ninth, ninth, one point from ninth. Galen.
1: Well, so I actually, I'm not sure. I'm taking him all the way to to ninth. I think I might actually do it at the top of seventh, but um, and then after that, Void's pretty close. I think Void is eighth level already, so
3: nice.
1: I should be able to top him off here pretty soon. <laughs> and then yeah, I've got. Yes, so I was c- having couple Go seconds, ahead. I've got to get there by the end of the summer.
2: Mm, yeah. Yeah, so I'm starting a new character, which we'll talk about a little later, but, um, but it's interesting to to have, a at least in the power gaming uh, realm of things, have a slight conflict between spending cap for gold right now to buy him items and things like that, or leave him poor as a peasant with nothing but sandals to his name until he gets to the appropriate
1: level and then... Yes, I've, I've actually decided to sort of compromise with Galen, and that is buy a bunch of stuff for him. You know, I've already spent like 20,000 gold on him or something, sure. and just take that as a loss. <laughs> like, just all off. right, well, that's fair. Yeah. So I'm
0: going to VMR. I have a character, Owen, Lightlord. He's my knight, and um, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to VMR him, but if I do, the plan was to VMR him when he, he's trying to become a paladin. And so he would gain all these paladin abilities. Well, I'm reading, uh, rereading Deed of Paxenarian, which is one of the best fantasy books about becoming a paladin. And uh, I'm really, really jonesing uh, to sort of take him through that journey of the VMR and the, the paladinhood and, and all of that. So eventually he will VMR, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit.
2: Cool. Yeah, that's going to be a neat one, I think
0: um frc stuff you guys both on the frc and there's been some heated discussion on facebook i feel you guys want to chime in on that a little bit what's going on
1: well that's not really an frc discussion
0: well you say it's not but i think it is
2: well will's the new chair of the frc so
1: that's where some of this is coming from i forgot about that
2: yeah (laughs) yes
1: anyway so what that discussion is about is i basically said when I stepped up, I basically said, like, hey, who's ready for a new rules version? And everyone said, no, no, we're not.
0: <laughs> Jeff, you said so. no, because you're on the FRC, aren't you? I
2: am. Yes. Uh, I said yes. Okay. Yeah, but I was the only one.
0: <laughs> so the FRC isn't too interested in a new rule system, but we did some informal polls sort of on Facebook, it looks like. And, and people are looking for some change is what it looks
1: like. They, they sure are. So Well,
0: I
2: mean, the people who are on Facebook.
0: Absolutely.
1: Mike actually mentioned that the other day that, you know, the it could just bias. be that, yeah, there's a selection bias. Although yeah. a lot of the people that have sort of answered it are older folks. And in fact, actually, if you look at the, if you look at the, the poll, like most of the people who answered like, no, probably not, are mm-hmm. older folks. Not that I'm saying like Seth is old, but. Seasoned. Seasoned. Yes.
3: <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so that's been going on um upcoming games we have a game coming up this weekend, so probably this podcast <sighs> will be put out after the game we play in the game. I'm guessing uh it's called Trava Fire, produced and written by Ray Michelle, and he's been giving us some teasers on Facebook as the wandering bard uh um, cool traveling bard yep uh um, yeah,
1: it was i have to admit it was cool except i i had a i i i definitely Got fussy when it seemed like nothing had happened to the Karkin Forest, even though we destroyed it mm. over the period of 15 games. That was that was a little disheartening.
0: It's, it's hard to keep all of our lore. I mean, we had a lot of lore in there, and I think it could be hard to follow all of that lore, what happened. But anyways, so Jeff, you're playing on a team, and we're going to talk about that when we talk about game prep. Um, and Will and I are playing on a different team. So yeah, so that's coming up, and I think that's going to be a lot of fun. You guys pretty excited?
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm really looking forward to trying this new character, and um, the people that I'm playing with are, are also at least a couple of them playing people that they haven't played before. So it'll be interesting to see how the group of us who've done a fair amount of playing together with other characters, how we negotiate and settle into different um, personalities. If you know, if we can manage that, I it seems like the question.
1: Yeah, well, it seems like it would be a, it would be a pretty there would be a lot of gravity towards you know, sort of pulling you back into demolier and or at totally. least into that, into that role. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Will, what about you? Are you pretty excited?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I keep having these sort of, our, our team seems to be incredibly conditional in that everyone has these, like, I'll only play with everyone if this, and I, I'm, I, I, I haven't seen any guarantees that any of those things are going to occur. Right. So after the first encounter, we may just have to all go our separate ways. I
0: I think that's definitely a chance, and I was willing to throw in my game fees for this game. In if it blows up in the first encounter, blows up in the first encounter, it'll be disappointing. Right. But but I think I'm I'm okay with that. Right. We'll talk about that a little bit later, and um, specifically, I think we Will and I were keeping our. Team a little bit of a secret, but we can talk about that because I think this is going to come out after the game, right?
1: <laughs> oh, <No>, good point. <laughs> Unless we're really on top of it, in which case we could really screw ourselves.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Oh, one more thing. <laughs> Production. So, Will and I are producing a game, Long Way from Home, happening on the-
1: coming up here on the twenty second.
0: Yeah. So, how's that going, Will?
1: Um. Well, work's kind of kicking my butt lately. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I have not been doing as much recruiting as. As I would normally do, um, we'll we'll see. I'm not sure I'm gonna get a chance to do it tonight either. What with game prep, I feel like I'm stretched a little thin in the evenings as well. So
0: oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry.
1: Don't be. We'll get there.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sort of feeling the same way. I I definitely left for Tennessee. I'm I'm in Tennessee right now, and uh, I get back on Friday. Uh, this we're recording this on a I don't know what day this is. Tuesday. Tuesday. When you're in the field <laughs> for work. At least I lose all track of days. So anyways, mm-hmm. um, I've got a lot of props and costumes I still have to get together, and I haven't really done the work to get that there. Um, I think we're doing okay on everything else.
1: I don't think you need to worry about pro- costumes, since I haven't done any recruiting. No one <laughs> will wear them anyway.
0: Good point. Um, <laughs> some of the big props, we have a few big props still left to do. And, um, and yeah, I'm a little worried about the heat. So we're playing this game, we're doing it on a mm-hmm. Saturday during the day in Denver, and Last year around this time, or two years ago around this time, we did it at this park. It was a pretty brutally hot day. So I have to make sure that we have some ice water. Actually, I think
1: course. that was in August.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah, because your daughter was born then, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you yeah.
0: remember that day. but I do. Still, it was summer, and uh, I'm still a little worried about the heat, but um, I think we're just going to sort of play it as, as it goes and, and try and do the best thing we can.
1: I let an enormous pile of cardboard boxes get recycled at work. I felt really bad about it.
0: I will get you the cardboard and the styrofoam you need for that. I promise. <laughs> promise.
2: That made no sense for a solid 10 seconds
0: there. I understand. <laughs> yes. Great. Well, we're going to take a little break and we will be back and, uh, talk, to you and talk to you some more. So you're back.
1: All right, welcome back. Um, I would like to again introduce Jeff Lotz. He is our guest tonight and um, we are not going to do the five questions with him. So if you need to know the answer to his five questions, you should go back and listen to our old podcasts. In any case, I give you Jeff Lotz. Hello, everyone. So in this part of the uh, podcast tonight, we're gonna be
2: talking a little bit of game review and in particular, are um, your usual hosts, Mike and Will, have recently played an out of town game called Nightshade, and so they asked me to do like a little interview with them since i wasn 't there and um, just to sort of ask them some questions about what it was like. So I have a few topics to ask you guys about, and i 'm sure we'll range around as, as we do. So, um, so so let me start with this one. You guys have been producing and writing a ton in the last few years, in fact, so will did you get to play at all in
1: 2012?: No, I did not play once in 2012. And What about you, Mike? I
0: played once in a game that Will wrote for me so I could play once. Oh
1: too yeah, a, I yeah, produced that. Too much time yeah.
0: <laughs> that was the only time.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I was wondering um, what it was like to get to play again, to PC again, especially together on a team.
0: Um, I'll start. Um, I was incredibly excited, perhaps a little too excited, I think. Um, I, I spent way too much time thinking about this game and costume and I, I think I think I went a little overboard cuz I was just so excited I finally got to play again and it was an out of town game. So sure. I was really really excited about this game. Uh we did a podcast about it so I think you know you can go back and listen to to everything that I you know overplanned and planned about this game. But I personally was was totally over the moon about this.
1: Nice. Well. Yeah, I was really excited to play. Um you know, I was definitely a little nervous about the out of town thing. Um you know, being away from my family for that long felt a little strange. Um, I was really excited to actually to play with Ray. Um, that was something I was really excited about. And uh, to sort of play on a team that was different than the normal team that I didn't really know everyone. I didn't know what they were going to do, how they were going to do. So that was all pretty exciting. It was really good to get back to Firstborn. Um, he's just so easy to play. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't think I was quite as hyped up about it as Mike was. And part of that might have been that you know, Firstborn doesn't really require that much prep. I pretty much just pulled out his box and put it in a suitcase. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was. I, I was. I I was definitely looking forward to it. I really wanted to see. I had heard lots of things about how Dallas fighters are and all that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I, I was really interested to see just how different their game would be than one of our games. Sure.
2: Yeah. One of the things I was going to ask about was that you sort of mentioned there was um, that it's been a while since even I've played on a team with essentially pickup members, you know, like people that I didn't know. This wasn't really a pickup group, but, but certainly the two of you hadn't played with several of the team members. So did you find yourselves doing different things with your role-playing or having to sort of reach
1: back to intro to this character, those kinds of things? I didn't. Um, I actually, strangely enough, I found most of the sort of what I would consider typical firstborn role-playing um, the sort of, like, why that stupid stop being so human. Um, all of that role-playing, actually, I ended up doing with with Owen, with, with Mike, Mike's character. Mm-hmm. So that didn't really come into it for me. Have they ever played together before? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I think I played with that, too, as well.
0: Yeah, we played in a so what, bar game. Have we played in a, an actual line course together?
1: Uh, yeah, we played in Chameleon. Oh, no, no, that wasn't Owen. I mm-hmm.
0: played Azri and I played uh... Joshua in Mountains of Flame. Yeah, I'm yeah, maybe sure. not.
1: Yeah, I think it's just been bar games.
0: Yeah. yeah. And for me, it was, I think Will put it really well, like, there's been two sides of Owen. There's been the sort of very passive, innocent side of Owen, um, you know, seeing the world for the first time, and everything's very shocking. And then in uh, Tomb of Tempest last year, there was the take charge, uh, shock and awe, Owen. And this was a really well, good. it felt like a very good balance of where I want Owen to be as a character. He's a very good person, but he was, he was not quite as aggressive as maybe he was before. The, the one thing, though, that um, Will's going to laugh about, I, I have a really hard time not being lore master. And Michael Magnus, <laughs> I so apologize. There are just many times we'd walk into a counter and I'd be like, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, this needs to be happened. I just sort of walk up and start doing it. And so I felt um, that was a little challenging for me. And I, I think I handled that maybe a little poorly since I was not the lore master.
2: Sure. We talked about lore mastering in our previous discussion, and it's interesting w- where I will occasionally discover that I, I might need to pay attention more to what it means to be a good lore master when I am not the lore master.
1: Sure. yeah,
2: so like you know don't don't just jump in and do everything, make sure everybody gets a chance to get in there and, and have some fun and that kind of thing. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's just about sort of being a veteran role player and knowing like, oh, I, I think I should go talk to that person. That person is clearly the key to this discussion or those yeah. kinds of things. But it's tricky.
0: And, and we'll talk about the game a little bit, but it was a great game. I, I, I really enjoyed myself in the game. The problem was I felt like there were a lot of typical IFGS answers to a lot of the encounters. Um, And so I I was hoping that there would be times when, as a lore master or as a player, I would be challenged and have to sort of not go through the standard reactions of an IFGS player. But I didn't feel that way during the game. It's like, okay, here's the IFGS encounter. This is what you have to do in this physical encounter. Rope Mm -hmm. everyone together, you know, send someone across, you know, or whatnot. And so I I wish – that's probably the only thing I wish there would have been more of is – Something that would pull me out of either add some tension or or um, just pull me out of the typical IFGS encounter. So you,
1: so you couldn't just rely on your, I already know how to work these encounters. Exactly. Right. right. So interestingly, I, I had a, and I know this is jumping the gun a little bit, but um, I had a sort of reverse example of all this recently in Tomb of the Goblin Slayer. In in that I was on a team where I wasn't the Loremaster. master. Playing a character who should never ever lore master um, and my my team really wanted me to lore master um, you know there was a, a, our lore master i think I think it's the first time he's actually lore mastered um and he was and, intentionally playing as a bad leader right exactly his his character is sort of a solitary desert wanderer, you know um, but yeah, I mean I think I yelled stop looking at me or don't look at me or you know figure it out yourselves or something a number of times.
2: Yes. Um, I but, was the uh, GM for your team. Oh right, yeah. To, yeah get yeah. some context in there. Yeah. So um, I got to watch the antics.
1: But yeah, so it was it, it was interesting. Cause I had no temptation to lead. That was yeah, that was nice. Yes. So I, I don't I'm not sure
2: we want to hear the story of the whole game. So let me ask a couple different parts of it. So one of the things that I'm always interested in when viewing myself in, in terms of how a game worked, is where did I notice myself come out of game, or where did I notice myself later look back on it and realize that I stayed really, I stayed in game really well, I stayed in character really well. So, and the role-playing aspects, what did you guys, what did you guys experience?
1: Go for Will. it, Will. Yeah, I had no problem staying in character. I felt like, um, for the most, I mean, we we had a lot of big pauses um which mm-hmm. is often kind of a, a trouble and there were certain a number of times when i was actually talking to ray 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 and i would just talk as us rather than in character sure. um <clears throat> but uh yeah for the most part like during the actual encounters of the game i i i was totally in it but that that character is pretty easy to do that with so.
0: And I had two places, I think, that I dropped out of characters. Um, one was there was an encounter about halfway through where we're traveling through this, these crypts and we get to an encounter. And um, we had uh, Beth Magnus on and, and she'd brought her child, so she had to breastfeed. So it was a little bit of a pause there. But there was a, it was a question of the encounter I didn't understand. That was the only time. We, we had sort of a newer GM who did a, a great job for his first time uh, GMing. But I think at this point, this encounter, I was a little confused about why we were there. And mm. we would sort of gone down this side alcove, and, and the production um, didn't un, didn't completely match what the GM was describing. And so I, I got sort of pulled out of game at that point. That was sort of the first time, I think, th- in the game that I was sort of yanked out a little bit. And then shortly after that, um, it was getting to be dusk, and all these fireflies came out in the park. And mm. I sort of broke character and just looked at fireflies for like 10 minutes. Um <sighs> And after that was over, like, I got right back into game, and I felt like I was in character the rest of the game. I'm not sure. That was just sort of the middle part of the game, and I sort of got pulled out at that point.
2: Sure. So w- what were the parts where... So I know that part of your description of of um, how Owen's character was balanced, I think that fits in with what you were saying with about not intentionally taking over the L.M.ing responsibilities, but but some of that. So where was a place where... You really felt like the, your character drove your actions.
0: I think the first combat when we got up to this abbey um, was one of those places that Will and I both just sort of turned on. You know, as soon as we saw this abbey that we're supposed to be getting to and protecting the people inside, um, I felt like there was no question of were we going to fight or were we not going to fight? We were going to mm. fight. We were going to go up there and we were going to basically break the siege. And at that point, that, that was one of them. Soon after that, we go into another encounter um, where there was a guy behind a gate and I just felt like we, we were walking through these crypts and there's this guy behind this, this grate or this door and immediately my character, there was this whole thing about the sigil and we are trying to figure out if it's dangerous or not. And my character didn't care too much about the danger. He cared about is this guy in danger inside this crypt? And I wanted to go free him and make sure he was okay. And I felt like, you know, there was, there was no question about, you know, yeah, I was, I was concerned about the danger, but it was really about, is this, is this person in there? Okay. Like, was he locked in there? Is he trapped in there? Is he, you know, actual person or is he undead? You know, I, I just Mm -hmm. immediately, my character, I just wanted to see what was going on with this guy to make sure he was okay. So I think that was another place where, where I felt very much in character.
2: Yeah. Nice. So one of the things that I'm curious about is the differences in the in the culture, in as much as there is between Denver, Boulder, and and uh, this was in Texas. Um, so in terms of like how games are produced,
1: did you guys notice any differences? Yeah, I mean it felt um, it felt a lot closer to. <laughs> and most people aren't going to understand this reference, it felt a lot closer to a GS game than mm-hmm. an IFGS game. Um, you know, when 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 we showed up, it was it was a park. You know, there were lots of Tupperwares sort of just sitting where we were going to check in. And, um, you know, it was kind of a like, we'll get started when we're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it didn't... F- feel like it was quite as high stress and crazy as Denver <laughs> Boulder games seemed to be like right before game on. Sure. Um. So, yeah. And, and, you know, it was, it was definitely a park game. Um. You know, we like for the first encounter, we had to like dodge the picnic and, right. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, you know, it, I don't think any of that detracted from it in any way for me. Um mm-hmm. but you no, know, I have a lot of experience with those kinds of games, so
0: Yeah, I sure. I agree. I think they did a great job for where they can play. They don't have the type of sites we do. They don't have the storage of props that, that Denver Boulder has. So there wasn't any elaborate sets, but they did a really great job with what they did. The the Abbey especially, I remember we're coming around the yeah. corner and Will's like you know, we, we were told there was an abbey up ahead and we didn't expect them to be able to do much. And Will's like, no, no, there's really an abbey up ahead. There's like this, this wall and stuff and this gate. And I was like, really? And we both peer around. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Um, nice. And so that was great. The, the GMing, I thought there were parts that he did a great job describing things so that I really stayed in character and I knew what was going on. Uh, with <laughs> the one exception I, I sort of said prior. Um, and that was, that was all really great. The lore, um, really solid story most of the way through there were a few parts of the story that I was, I was just a little bit like confused. Like, really? Like, did we underst- misunderstand that? You know, if we were really in this, in this story for real life, it feels like maybe something was misdescribed to us that we would have, we would have actually seen how it was supposed to go. There was this thing about this Abbess yeah. uh, being in town and she had to travel through the catacombs and it was just a little bit of confusion there. And I, I think other than that, the lore was really strong and whatnot. Um, so, yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah, I definitely felt the same thing. Like afterwards, you know, it was described to us that these catacombs we were in, we had gone in a sort of a, a circle. They were like, it was sort of a loop. Hmm. And we were like, why, why did we do that? That seems like a really dumb idea um, because we weren't, you know, we were supposed to be tracking down this abbess. And, you know, the very first thing we heard was like, you had to go through the catacombs to get to the village. And she had gone to do, to go to the market. And I was like, "Seriously, you have to go through the catacombs to go to the village? That's the worst (laughs) design I've I've ever heard." Um. So. Yeah. And then when About that storyline. Yeah, and then when we got to the abbess, she was sort of like, "No, why would I do that? Why would I go into the catacombs? That's a terrible idea." We were like, "We agree." (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, so here's the
2: loaded question, given the title of your podcast. So uh, and I and I loaded because I also know part of the answer. But so talk a little bit about combat and um, how combat was in a different state and fighting completely different people. Mike.
0: Um, Well, I'll answer for Will um, real quick (laughs) Ah, and say it was. Dare you? It was wet. (laughs) Uh, It it was very wet. It was hot. It was very hot and humid Mm -hmm. that day um, compared to what we're used to. Um, Yeah, the fighting was. I think they. I think Will and I and, and Will can tell me if i'm wrong but we think that a lot of their more veteran fighters ended up playing that day so it seemed like they had a lot not all of them but some of their more novice players were the fighters um myself i felt like um the team size should have been a little bit smaller for that game personally
1: yeah definitely
0: uh, it was a six-person team and i feel like the fights were sort of toned uh, tuned to like a five-person team so mm-hmm. it felt like they were a little easy um Especially for I think will and I playing these characters, um, the last fight was a lot of fun trying to figure that out. There was some confusion about a waffet that I think would have made it a little bit different, but other than that confusion it was it was a great fight. It was a big baddie versus three minions
1: I think the correct Waffet actually would have ruined that fight for me really yeah uh. I think it would have been I think it would have been a really short fight and... over too quickly sure okay. yeah yeah I, I enjoy i mean. I totally missed the mental, the entire mental part of that, um, of that encounter, and I'm really glad I did.
0: <laughs> it's, I mean, it was a long fight. We we went through three or four rounds of him going down and getting back up, and and, you know, by the end of it, um, he had these minions that kept getting resurrected. So I ended up uh, just killing them and then uh, taking their weapons and just carrying them under my arm so they couldn't fight because. <laughs> I, I actually, true. They kept kept getting up. Yeah, it's pick up sticks. Um, yep. And so, yeah, so I, I, honestly, I mean, I don't think any game's really going to satisfy my my want for fighting. I, we'll see. Norman, I guess, has some games coming up that, that are some highly fit, right, uh, rated fighting games. But it, they had some good fights, but probably not quite enough for me.
2: Yeah, I think you guys have a different taste for that, especially with your experience in things like AmpGuard, where... Literally, the, the plan for a day is called a battle game, and it just means it's a series of battles, right? There's, there's, very, little, there's very little else that happens. Right. So, I, so I, I wonder, I mean, it may actually be the case that the only games in recent memory that you guys would enjoy in terms of the level of fighting are the ones that you have written.
1: <laughs> that could be true.
2: Yes, w- which is not a coincidence, I'm sure. But yeah. So one thing we haven't mentioned here is this is a night game, or at least it was a dusk game, shall we say. So um tell us a little bit about that. Like when did you when did you start? When did you finish?
0: How did the nighttime aspect play into it?
1: The game started at four, is that right? It
0: was supposed to start at four. It started more like five.
1: Okay. Yeah, and it went until ten.
0: Yeah. We were, we were off, off course by ten, I think. Um and this was this was what, mid May? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So was it was it full dark full dark by 10 o'clock? I'm sure.
0: Yeah, full dark by 10.
1: Mm. It didn't feel that dark, but it, mm. it, yeah.
0: I think by the like... well, you're
1: in you're in city park with lights, maybe. No, there were no lights because it's oh, okay. so. L- let's talk about this park for a second. Yeah. Oh my God, what I would not do for that park. <laughs> cool that park. park was that park was beautiful. It was lush. It was huge. Um, it had trails. It had just all these like trails, some of which were sort of covered. Um, hmm, cool. It, it, you know, wow, you know, it had these huge open fields for you know whatever you wanted to do. It had lots of them. It had, yeah, I mean, it was. So it was like a, had a few part. structures. It well, it didn't really have structures. They had, I mean, they pretty much had to build them all. Oh, um, I didn't realize that the wall, the Abbey wall, was built. Yeah, yeah, they. I you think it could... might have been strung up between trees, maybe? Yeah, I think that's right. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just all in all, it was, I mean, I loved that park. And then it had fireflies, so yeah, yeah. what are you going to do?
0: I think probably the first four hours were in light, and I would say the last hour was sort of in dark. We were...
1: Yeah, it was pretty much about the time we hit the turtle, the, the, the light went away. Yep. The demon turtle.
0: It, it was interesting mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about the, the light. Um, the final encounter, I think, was made better because of the darkness.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The rest of the game, I'm not sure it really mattered one way or the other. So I, I'm not sure if there would have been. I mean, for, for temperature wise, I think starting mm-hmm. at four was a better idea, four or five, than starting at one o'clock or, you know, 10 o'clock. Right. So I'm not sure if that's why they did it. But. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, I hadn't actually thought of that, but that's that makes a lot of sense.
0: And then different teams are going to get a different night experience, right? The teams that start later, we were the first team. The teams that started second or third are going to have more darkness than we did. So were they sure. the, these catacombs that we were traveling under? Were they were most likely in the dark for a good portion of those catacombs when we weren't.
1: Well, I don't right? know. Team Team Two was on our ass. Yes,
0: <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Did you guys have flashlights on
2: you? I'm sure. We did.
0: Yeah, yes. I bought. I bought. Um, enough so i tried to figure out what time the sun would set and i bought enough of that herb that lets you see in a night mother
1: mother wart no that that might be it
0: yeah so i bought that and we had little <laughs> headlamps and uh so at the end of the game i just started using mother's wart just so i could use my headlamp and i wouldn't have to worry about it nice that's great yeah anything else in yeah. the game that you want to know about uh, i think that
2: pretty much covers it for me Did i miss is there any important key
1: things you wanted
0: to mention? No. No, I want to thank the producer for having us down. That was awesome.
1: That was pretty fun. Yeah. Um. um,
0: yeah. um
1: oh, I want to give a shout out to um, Fuzzy's Taco Shop. Ooh. <laughs> so when Great we difference. first headed down there, we both thought that Fuzzy's Taco Shop sounded like a really good way to get like, severe diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Or, or it sounded like a strip,
1: strip joint. It did, yeah. Um yeah, that's what that's what Amy said actually. Like the fuzzy taco is not a place you should you should probably go while out of town. Mm-hmm. Um but holy Mac, that place was so good. Um and yeah, we ended up actually eating there for lunch and dinner just because of the way things they were having homecoming, so IHOP was closed. Um and uh yeah, it was I mean I was very impressed. So. Nice.
0: And, and the interesting thing is, or the good thing about it is they stayed open late for us. So we showed up at sort of last call. They, they did, just, yeah. They, and they stayed open for another half hour, 45 minutes, um, feeding us and, and whatnot. It was it was really nice of them. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it was it was a great meal. But, Excellent. We'll let's talk about Tomb of the Goblin Slayer for, for a few minutes. So yeah. Tomb of the Goblin Slayer was a newbie game. We uh, badgered or uh, cajoled... Um, tom baltzer and cheryl baltzer and
1: when you say scene. we cajoled what you mean is i hypnotized
0: yeah at the scene, <laughs> jeff were you at that meeting you were i was at the meeting yeah yeah yep. so it was a newbie game um we we they volunteered to produce it we sort of helped them um jeff you stepped up and you did you were a gm and you did gm coordination for them and will you've been wanting to play in this game for quite a while is that correct i have yeah and it's a fairly basic game. It's a two-hour game. The production can be very, very small or very, very large. Um, mm-hmm. Myself, I feel like they went above and beyond with the production. They just did an oh, man. awesome job. Totally.
1: Yeah, let's be clear. So of all of the production I've seen, that was possibly yeah. the most impressive production I've, I've actually seen in any game. Wow. Um, and, and by that, I, I mean, I don't necessarily mean it was anything super special, right? Like, you know... All the props were pretty basic mm-hmm. but it had things i didn't expect which i feel is yeah. pretty unusual um, Th- that is
2: unusual and, and i think that's largely due to the setting that sure by
3: Certainly
2: having it, part of it by using someone's home as part of the game they were able to do things that you just that you you'd like you said never seen in any other game
0: so right. we used brandon slayton's house and how the game works is the first couple encounters are sort of out and around the park around his house and then you come into the backyard and you're going through a tunnel system, which they built and you think you get to the final tomb and you get there and you open the tomb where you think you're going to get this item that you need to get. And lo and behold, it opens into a window well and you go down into Brandon's house. And it's sort of a surprise. I mean, I even saw it. Like I was there when they helped put it together and it still impressed me when my team first opened that, that tomb and looked down there and it's like, Oh, we're going down inside. I, I don't think yeah. they all expected it. Cool.
1: Totally well, awesome. And, well, and in a um, in an email, Tom Balter had accidentally <laughs> um, had accidentally leaked that um, uh, that there was a a, a a passageway beneath the coffin, and I had totally forgotten about it. Right, even to the point where we start lifting the thing off, and I'm expecting like some dead Fred or something in there, and I'm like, "Holy crap! There's a corridor down there!" And the then stairs. It wasn't, and it wasn't until like an encounter later when I was like, oh, "I knew about that." <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
0: So, um, why don't you guys both? What was your favorite part of the game?
2: That, that that clearly that part right there is my favorite part of the game, and especially in the, the sort of beautiful story arc of having, of going from this. So, you know, this is May in Colorado. So it wasn't blazing hot outside, but it was a sunny day. And inside the, the tent and then the sort of tarp tunnel, it gets really hot. So I was in there just dripping as I was GMing for, the, for William's team. And, and it's just super hot. And so then you, you crack open this tomb and you go down into Brandon's house, which is of course air conditioned. So it just totally feels like you have left the regular world and you're now down in the tombs of you know of this goblin slayer guy. So yeah, that was wonderful.
1: Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed I mean, I just had fun. I mean uh, my Will I think we um, lost oh, I lost Will there.
0: Yeah, when you, when you say that again?
1: Hello. You're back. Am I here? Yep. yep. Um, I was just saying I had a lot of fun with Norman's encounter. Um that was just I just really enjoyed it. I really loved the production aspects of it. I loved the walls downstairs. That was really great. Um so yeah, I mean, I think it was all it was all pretty cool.
2: So yeah, for- really well done. And especially I mean if if every person could come and have that be their first IFGS game as it was produced that you know last weekend or two weeks ago that would be really impressive just to be like oh wow this is what this can really be Uh, so so in that way I think it was an excellent introduction.
1: Yeah definitely.
0: So Will um because this is called the Battle College podcast and Jeff you you less so because you were a GM, but how was the fighting in the game?
1: Terrible (laughs) Um...
3: (laughs) Okay. Well I mean PC or PC. Just kidding.
1: yes yes Yes, let's be clear um well so i mean i take it there was a possible fight with norman but we never came anywhere close to that being a fight Mm -hmm. um and then the fight with the goblins was was good the fight with the skeletons was over before i really knew it had started um uh tinica was on our team and she just like pull cued them to death before they walked in the door she
0: she was a knight with with the best weapon ever, what was she fighting with? The
1: single staff.
0: <laughs> How did you feel about her walking into game as a knight with the staff?
1: Um. He threatened I think her, I'm... I think,
2: initially in some form. It, yeah. There was. You
0: know... She she shocked me last year when I GMed her, uh, and she fought. She was the the front line fighter with the staff, and I thought she did an awesome job with it. I was. She
2: I was, was amazing.
0: I was really impressed.
1: She definitely um, has
2: the get in there and whack them spirit that you need in a frontline fighter.
1: Um, but the the main thing was that it it really felt like it needed climactic fight right Mm -hmm. um it needed there needed to be more when we got back to the elders or you know whatever there needed to be one more fight in order for that to have been a satisfying
2: well i I think um, you guys got a little bit set up because in your long discussion with norman he mentioned like boss man or something which i don't think is really in the
1: in the game anywhere no it's not but so no, no, we didn't. A... We didn't. We didn't get the boss man thing until we got to the goblin, to the, the group of goblins. That was. That was oh Brad, yeah, I, I think, think
0: Brad. Brad was talking about the boss man.
1: But, yeah. but we never. We never. Sorry, I never came to the conclusion that I was going to see this guy. Okay. Um, so. But...
2: But I agree, I think there would be one one more fight to add there after you have left the tomb and somewhere, somehow, yeah. That, would, yeah. that would bring it together in a little bit more climactic fashion.
1: Yeah, because it feels like the skeleton fight is not a particularly hard fight, and it doesn't feel like when you're done with it, you're like, ha ha. Yes, I am triumphant and deserve rewards. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yes. Will, Will, was that your first dungeon? Except for con the con games? Um, no. No. Oh, no, I you, mean, yeah, sorry, you've, you've but, done it. Right oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, yeah, there, for some there, reason there, I got that stuck in my head that I thought dungeon. that was, but, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Also. Okay.
1: Anything um, else
0: about Tomb?
1: One thing I would say is I, I felt like that game was, I, I felt like the story was either poorly presented um, or badly written. Sorry, Matt. Um, <laughs> I don't it wouldn't I I pretty much agree with you it
2: would take it would take very little for it to make a lot of sense
1: yeah but but
2: as it was I was just
1: like what the hell are we doing here why are we it felt a little bit like the whole catacombs thing with in in nightshade right we're supposed to be looking for this chest and the next thing you know we've sort of stumbled onto this tomb and I don't know why we care that we're at the tomb but we continue on, and we find what we're looking for. Yay! What?
0: And the strange thing and then, is,
1: and then there's like a corridor that goes through the tomb. I don't know why there's a corridor underneath the tomb that leads us back out. And I'm like, Yay! I still don't <laughs> know why that's here. So <laughs>
2: why didn't we use the back door? It's, yeah,
0: it was unprotected.
1: <laughs> it was just very strange. So, mm-hmm.
0: well, and the interesting thing is, so I sanctioned the game. And I didn't notice that while reading through it. Don't don't ask me why, but I thought the game was – I mean, I told you this, and and I still think it's a fairly solid game. I thought it was just really well-built, well-rounded and whatnot. The two things, the climax at the anticlimactic fight and um, the story – there are parts of the story that didn't make complete sense it felt like again, sorry, Matt, it felt like Matt had some great ideas in his head on, on the backstory of the here, and somehow in either conversion or something like that. Like, I just want to, I want to know the rest of the story. I want it fleshed out because I feel like there's a larger story about what, what happened here. Um, Mm -hmm. and why these things were this way, but it felt like they were, they were there for a reason. So I'm, Hopefully, we'll, you know, if we uh, end up resubmitting as a shelf game, maybe we can get Matt on and, and he can finish the story for us or, or we can, you know, round it out or whatnot. But it was, I really enjoyed the game. And like you will, watching as a GM, uh, watching my team go through it, I think this, or maybe it was Jeff that said this, this is as your first newbie game, this would have been excellent. Like, I think it yeah. really gets you the spirit of what IFGS is.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: Definitely.
0: And it was only two hours.
2: I know, it was very, very compact.
0: So, I think we're taking another short little break and when we get back, we're going to talk to Jeff about Trial by Fire and some game prep and what you do before a game. So, we'll be right back. And we're back! And now we're going to talk about some game prep for an upcoming game, Trial by Fire. Will, start us out.
1: The very first thing I do is, um... I don't know what the first thing I do is. I guess decide which character I'm going to play. So let's see. The, the character prep I've been doing this week is I, I got it into my head that I really wanted my team to be sponsored by Colorado Foam Forge. So I've been trying to make sure that all of our weapons are are um, Are sort of plastic dipped Colorado Foam Forge weapons, which is going fairly well. Um, I think a couple people have snuck out from under the umbrella which, um, I guess that's the way it goes. Um,
2: Are you but, get, like, uh, yeah, team so I, jerseys or
1: no, just stickers. Uh, yeah, no. exactly. Okay. Um, but just so I've been, I've been painting and you know, plasticking and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you, you probably uh, should mention
2: who runs Colorado for, for Forge.
1: I don't know. That guy's no. a mystery. Um. <laughs> But, he, but uh, he works you like a dog, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He is not a nice boss. <laughs> no. Um, no. Late hours. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I've been working on costuming. Um, the, my costume for this character is mostly already done. So, of course, I had to find something else I needed to add to what it. What did you add to it? So, I'm, I, Nothing important.
0: Oh, okay. So <laughs> for, I, do you want to talk yeah. about our team real quick?
1: Yeah, you guys should totally talk about your team. And then we'll have Jeff talk about his. Will,
0: do you feel comfortable yeah, talking about it? I do. Okay. So we end we're up
1: all gay atheists.
0: The, the gay atheist <laughs>
1: team. <laughs> you didn't have me on your team? I'm like, <laughs> Well no, you gonna be you're playing a priest. <laughs> That's a good point.
0: <laughs> I I do have a uh, a character I want to play eventually, Parthania. He's an elf. And uh, he's not a gay atheist, but he is a gay elf. Elf that um
1: That's elf with f- a Ph and a Y.
0: <laughs> That's very <laughs> into fashion. He's going to be a fun character. But that's not who I decided to play this week. Uh, no, I'm playing a character. We um we are playing a character, a team of characters that are Death Knights. Um, Death Knights are an org in Gwinalid, uh, which is our game world. They are not nice people. Um, and in fact, one of them, Thanatos, Will's character, is a character that he used to play in Geus. And... My character is new because the character I used to play will would mock and endless, endlessly if I played him again. Uh, <laughs> his name was Cardim. He was the not so evil anti paladin, um, and so we're all playing Catakevil, and so it's gonna be fun. We basically we're playing with Dia and Nissa and my wife Joelle, and it's gonna be sort of a crazy team, I think.
2: Yeah, it sounds like a lot of
1: fun. It if, it, if it
2: survives the first encounter.
1: <laughs> well, and part of what part of what you know the problem with that is that we're we all we all seem to have a lot of secrets from each other
3: mm.
1: and things that you know like I'll play with you guys but you guys can't tell other people that I'm a good guy or a bad guy or a you know a priest or a, you can't tell anyone else that I use a mall right. um and so I'm just worried that in the course of the game you know we're just going to all find out that we can't live with each other <laughs>
0: It may happen. Um, we are incredibly ineffectual team. So, Oh
1: my god, we're terrible.
0: Oh, yeah, especially the first iteration. So Will fights with the worst weapon ever, a two-handed maul. It's actually not that bad because it's long at least. So he's got length on everyone else. But he doesn't have a shield. He doesn't have two weapons. It's not the most wieldy of weapons. He's playing a cleric who is not the most offensive of classes. Um, I'm playing a, a monk who fights with staves. Um, and monks at low levels sort of suck, unless you just have a ton of points. Um, let's see, who else we have? My wife. Uh, she is playing a thief named Honor, who sounds like an awesome character. Originally, she was going to go in with just kill daggers and no weapons at all, and um, <laughs> she decided that that would not be the best idea, so she is bringing in weapons, but um, that was a sort of a last-minute decision on her part. She couldn't quite decide. I think, in fact, Especially she Especially has...
1: considering, like, a second-level... Uh... Thief only gets one kill dagger per day. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. (laughs) Um, Dia is playing her second game ever as a mage. She's a little nervous about the rules. Her um, weapon will hopefully be... What what did she decide on? It's a handbag. Okay, a combat legal handbag.
1: And she's gotten it passed by Brad.
0: (laughs) And she's wearing a dress through the game course. Like like a
1: full dress?
0: Like a ball gown, I think.
1: So yeah, one of the one of the things that Colorado Formforge was going to make for her was a. Uh, I was actually going to do a, uh, a combat legal parasol. Oh, nice! Um, but it was it was just going to be too involved to get it done in time. So. That's great.
0: And then our last team member is Nissa, and uh, she's playing a knight. Um, who's and
1: as usual, we know nothing about her.
0: Nope, and she's going to be wielding a cleaver for at least part of the game. Yep.
1: Excellent. <laughs> so just for us,
0: I mean, I think, you know, we went into this game a couple of years ago, Chameleon, and Will told the producer, Oh, make it hard, you know, up the fighting for us. We want a really hard fighting game. And Jeff, you and I were in that game and Will was in that game with us. And
1: You're gonna try and blame this on me.
0: I I'm not blaming it on anyone. I'm just saying that it was a little bit of a rough game for multitudes of reasons.
1: So it had nothing to do with the combat difficulty. <laughs> it really didn't.
0: Maybe not. It, maybe, maybe, maybe not,
1: unless "maybe" means something different in your universe, there, buddy.
0: This game, we actually told the producer, don't up the combat. We're not that powerful because yeah. we're, we're actually pretty weak.
1: We suck at ass.
0: Yeah, so it's gonna be very interesting to see how we how we do. Plus, have I'm, you
2: told the producer anything else? Out of curiosity,
0: mm, he knows we're chaotic evil. He he noticed oh, that. Oh, he does, because I sent him all the oh, information.
2: Had... Oh, okay, right. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so I was wondering what. I mean, I was wondering partly what your sort of philosophy was behind, I mean, so in, in a system that is so often dedicated to heroic deeds and heroic actions, there's the potential that you've already talked about of having a, an evil team that eats itself. But there's also right. a very clear potential for having an evil team that just can't do the Start game. The
1: game. The, yeah. yeah,
2: the game is just totally non-functional as, a, as, a, as any kind of story. So I'm curious what your well and so we actually
1: we that? discussed it pretty hard after after uh, Vineyard's bloodgate mm-hmm. like do we want to even tell the producer do we want to keep it secret do we want to let him know what's going on but tell him you know don't change the game for us you know what what do we want to tell him and what we the conclusion we came to is we just wanted to keep it to ourselves and just play the game as is um and uh so that's where you have to be comfortable with the possibility that it may
2: fall apart. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: cool. yeah and I think you know we're really approaching this from a pretty strong role-playing background. You know, I, yeah. I feel like we all have pretty strong characters and pretty strong motivations, thus the problem with us all getting together and, and working together as a team. Yes. And so I think we're going to be able to go into each encounter not thinking we're an evil team, we're just going to kill everyone, but we're an evil team. What's our motivation for being here? We have to have a motivation for playing together. You know, mm-hmm. we're part of this organization, the Death Knights, and we, we have to have a motivation for being here. And so there has to be the possibility of us finishing or uh, solving this, this, this mission or whatnot. We're there for a reason. We're not there just to, to be crazy and chaotic evil and just to kill everyone.
2: Right. And, it certainly does and... help that you have chosen to, to at least have something in common, right? The, the same organization, the same. I mean because it was just a random assortment of five chaotic evil well, people. Except,
1: except only imagine. three of us only three of us are really Death Knights, so Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah, it uh, it gets all
0: <laughs> I think four Let's of see. us are.
1: Really? Yep. Okay. So you can see how this is going already. <laughs> yes, okay. Okay, I understand.
0: But um so yeah, so we have this 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 thing and we can go through team building and all that but I think we've we've talked about that to death um on no, yeah, the podcast, yeah. So, let's talk about game prep like Yeah, we we, we
1: screwed doing? up the number one rule of team building. That's right.
0: You only have one night.
1: No, we have a monk.
0: <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Um what do you guys what did you guys start doing for your team to to get ready for this game, this, you know, the week, two weeks, three weeks before the game?
1: Oh, easy the best thing to do is you just let Mike Paxton go and he will take over the lore master and or administrative duties. Mm-hmm. And right. and then you can just pretty much sit back and wait for the game to happen. Who is the actual lore master? He even paid my game fee.
0: It's true. I, I was the lore master for my team. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, then that
2: makes a lot of sense. So I am not the lore master for this, for the team, which is comprised mostly of people who have played before the vaulters. Um, Tom won't be there because he's where Mike he's is right Tennessee now. With Mike he's in, in his hotel
0: room right now while I record. That's right. Yes. I invited but, him down, I would just like to say. Yes.
2: But um but I'm not the lore master and and so and so it's been a little I've been mostly trying to like not jump in and say, "Hey, you know, you should do this or that kind of thing." But um but there's a little bit of that and you know, certainly for those of us who play with the same group all the time, if, you know, if I were on your team, for example, and I said, and I sent out an email to everybody that said, hey, what about this? It's not like Mike would get pissed about that, right? We don't really, we don't really care who does the lore mastering stuff. Right. So it's fine to let it fall to whoever naturally does that. And that certainly seems to be Cheryl's impression as well. So, so she's been quite happy whenever I've said, hey, what are we going to do about this or that kind of thing? And she's put together two team practices. So, I mean, hey. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: So or at, did at least already get came, together. Did you, oh, so you came to the one that we we did together. So we had a team practice right? as well.
2: Yeah, and so, so we we decided to to just do at least a little bit of discussion there, which we did.
0: Mm-hmm. So what happened was a couple weeks ago, before I left for Tennessee, I put I wanted to get our team together to see. It was Will's idea. He's like, I have no idea how we're going to be in combat. Like, I don't know how this team is going to function. So and now
1: I know the answer is terrible.
0: <laughs> it is sort of true. Um, and so I invited your team, the Balters, to be there as well, because I thought a team versus team, we could play against each other. Plus we invited a few other friends that were playing in te- other teams. So the NPCs wouldn't see what our teams are. So they'd be very mm. fresh to them. And um, and I think it worked really well. I think we had some, we didn't fight quite as much as I thought we would, but we had some really great social time hanging out with each other. And that was great.
2: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think as far as fighting it seemed like you guys mostly learned what you needed to learn. I mean, I could be wrong about that, but but it seemed like it, it was at least, at least enough to spur some new decisions about how you were going to put the team
0: together. Sure. We did change some levels and stuff because of that team practice. Who was yeah. going to play what level? But, yeah. Weapons, I, as Loremaster, I haven't had to deal with weapons at all. Will's, of course, taking care of all that. Um, we are well armed. Yeah.
2: Yes. And I've taken advantage of the same thing. So for this, this Priest that I'm playing for the first time... Um, I didn't, I didn't really want to go with my, I mean, I really personally only have like three weapons. I have two swords and a staff and, a sh- and two shields. And so I wanted to do something at least moderately different. And especially with a cleric that I haven't played before. So I asked Will nicely and he said that I could use some of his shiny toys. So I've got a really beautiful mace and a little buckler shield. And it's a, I suppose in, in somewhat similar vein to you guys, it's not by far the most effective combination, but it's not awful. And and so I feel like I can do at least some battle cleric-like duties with it. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But the thing I've spent the most time on is figuring out who this guy is and getting sort of a personality. And Mike, you were very helpful with that. And then um, working on his garb, which has just been a ton of fun. And I've actually sewn some stuff, which I haven't done in quite a long time. And so I really enjoyed putting together his costume. And so I'm looking forward to sort of showing that off on the game
0: at, at game day. Well, and the interesting thing about your character is um, we, we talked earlier about we're writing this game for next year called Envoy, which mm-hmm. has to deal, I don't want to go too much into it, but it has to deal with this certain land and, and they, there are these people there um, and you had asked for character ideas and I, I'd given you one which was based off of something I was reading in the Deed of Paxenarian. well, why don't you go this way? And then you said some other things and then like immediately, like I was working on writing this game, coming up with the entire yeah. ideas. I'm like, oh, you should do you know one of the people from this land and it it ended up I think it worked out great. Your costume looks terrific, and I think it's going to be a fun character for you to play
2: yeah, I think so too i'm I'm really looking forward to it It exactly fit the kind of thing that I was looking for in terms of solid motivation and something that i something that's very different for me to try and role play with so and Cheryl's doing something very different for her as well, so I think you know we're going to have some fun playing off each other.
1: Cool, that sounds really yeah. fun I'm really sorry, I'm not going to get to see your team. Yes, we do. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to get to miss yours too. We'll just have to have good stories afterwards.
0: Are you day one, Jeff?
2: No, we're on day two.
0: Okay. So you'll be on last course time, when we are there.
2: Mm-hmm. So last I heard we were team one, day two.
0: Okay. So we are team three or four. So what happened was uh, talking about game prep. So I get back in on Friday and I, I adjusted my work hours. If anyone who I work with wonders why I came home from this project early, it was to get home for this game in time. Um, and so I adjusted my work days that I got flew in two days early. And my wife was supposed to run a five mile run on Sunday morning um in Broomfield. And she decided she didn't want to do it because of the game. She didn't want to hurt herself or be tired. So I said, Hey, I'll I'll do it. It's at seven thirty in the morning. I can run the race. I'll be done about eight thirty, make it to a team breakfast, we can drive up to Pickle Gulch and then we'll be the last team on course and we'll be fine. And uh And then Ray sent out the times and it was like looking like, well, I'm not going to make the team breakfast if I go run this race. So I was trying to decide what I was going to do. And then Ray emailed me earlier this week and he's like, can we move up the time? So you start even earlier. And then if I did that, there was no way I could run the race. I was like, Oh, actually. And I was, I was just upfront with him. I was like, I'm really disappointed. Like I, I really don't want to move up the time. I mean, I will, if you need me to, because I, I understand what it's like when a producer has to switch around teams and stuff. But I said, Mm -hmm. I was planning on doing this race first, and uh. He's like, oh, well, we'll move you back. How about like 11.30? So my, I think we started eleven fifteen, eleven thirty, something like that. So now I even have more time. So I can easily run the race, make it to breakfast. We can get up there. So it should be a good time. I'm really excited that it worked out, though.
2: Well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah last I heard, you were going to have to not run it. So I'm glad to hear it worked out. Yeah. That's nice of Ray to work it out for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... He's a good
1: producer that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. So... For me, I know I usually uh, prep a lot of things like um, different uh, bean bags. I bring holy water. I bring rocks. I bring oil and fire and and all this stuff. I know, I know when I went down for trial by, or not trial by fire nightshade down in Dallas, I had a whole bunch of that stuff with me. I'm not really worrying about any of that. I have some purple bean bags as a monk, and I think that's all I'm bringing in. What about, what yeah, about
1: you guys? I, I just have that all in my. I just have a a backpack that's my FGS backpack, and I just leave it all in there. Speaking of which, I'm not sure I got my rope back from Tomb of the Goblin Slayer. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Jeff, are you bringing in a lot of extras? Are you bringing in a backpack?
2: I really, I don't know yet. I probably. I'm not sure I can get away with it otherwise. I feel like I, as the cleric, I kind of have to bring in some holy water. That's you know just I don't know, it's in my contract. Right. Um, and that's the one that everyone borrows from my. IFGS bag, so there's currently like none in there. So I need to think about getting some of those before the weekend. But um, yeah, but I'm trying not to sort of over-prepare, especially since I'm not the lore master. And I, or rather, I guess what I should do is think about exactly how this person would prepare for their it se- journey.
1: seems like your particular character, holy water would not be the first thing on the...
2: <laughs> that's a good point.
1: Or, or maybe quite the opposite. Hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know. Let's think about
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my character is, is, is a monk. He, he doesn't have a lot of stuff. He is sort of a, you know, he fights with two wooden sticks and, and he wears like this ratty robe and he has a hat. And that's about all. So even <laughs> as Loremaster...
2: Is it I, a fez?
0: It is not a fez. Fezes um, are cool. You don't know my hat? Oh man, um, is it the
1: Turkamlu hat?
0: Yeah, it's Turkamlu. Yeah. Hat. Okay, great. So, you know, for me, I'm, uh, I just I'm not gonna bring anything, and we'll see how it rolls. I mean, I think yeah. I'll. I'm a little worried about where I'm gonna put gold, if I bring gold <laughs> in, because I have to have gold for God's boon, so that Will's priest can God's boon us, so I can have monk points. Right. Um, so I have to put that somewhere, and I don't trust giving it to Will, so I'm not sure what I'm gonna do with that yet. But yeah, I, and so I thought about that backpack too, and I, I was like, well, if I can get like an old straw backpack, like that looks like sort of like traditional like Asian oh, straw, cool,
1: yeah, type. like the basket, yeah. with the straps,
0: I would totally do that. Oh, but that would, would be cool. I think one of an. Engineer, you can't just do like a
1: sack tied to a stick.
0: Oh, that might work too. Hmm, you have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm thinking about that, and and if I do that great but otherwise i think i'm just going to put some water around course i'm going to like find someone on course that day that morning and say can you run this to halfway through the game whatever encounter that is and leave my lunch there and leave my water there and i think i'm just going to leave stuff around course so i can sort of graze as i go um well,
2: they're serving us lunch right so i don't think we yep. can worry about that
0: part good point
1: and i'm i'm making sure to bring acid vials for this game
2: torture that?
1: yeah exactly because it feels like i want to find pretty people <laughs> nice. that's that, yeah
2: actually that's, i just i just realized that so since they're providing a lunch you know i mean it's not i mean my habit is to bring you know a fair amount of snacks but i don't really probably need it like in terms of like you know calorie yeah, it, isn't, kind of it, isn't o- it is and...
1: an eight hour game which is longer than a lot yeah. we've seen lately it's a good point
2: yeah so if we're starting at 9:45 and it's eight hours
1: that's like what we're done at six wow yeah yeah yeah, I know. When I put it in our calendar, I'm like, I'm going to be leaving at 7:45, and I'll be back at 9 p.m. And he's like, Really? I'm like, Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's what it says. Crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Cheryl has Cheryl has treasury duty, so she has to be there even earlier than our than first team start. So we're probably not. I don't know yet, but it looks like we might not do a team breakfast just because it would have to be at
1: 6:30. Yeah. I've done those.
2: Yeah. There's the person who's our GM, I've never, I've never even heard their name. So I, for that reason, I'd kind of like to have a team breakfast just to be like, hi. I, Who the I, hell are you? Looking forward to having you as our GM and so I would like to know your name. Those kinds of things.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm considering taking, uh, and I need to talk to you about this, Will. I'm considering taking two purple <laughs> staves for unarmed. So I've got yeah. two wooden staves and they're, Will made them. They're plaster dipped and they're, they're 48 inches long. Is that right?
1: No, they're not that long. They're 40. 40-ish? They're whatever, like 36 and a half plus 8.
0: Okay. So 42. So they're 42 inches long. But I, I thought that there might be a good time in game that I might want to just go up and just beat the crap out of someone with my fists. So I'll use purple, the purple stave rules. So mm. I might carry them along. But again, it's, I mean, like, it, it seems like that might be a good role-playing. There might be a good role-playing time that I would like to have that option but I also don't really want to carry two more staves with me. So I haven't decided. Yeah.
2: That's what's so hard about those rules. I love the idea of unarmed monks, but they have to
0: be armed. That's
2: frustrating. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's fun. It's it's fun when Orrent Pike, when Brandon's yes. 10th level spirit monk, the fact that he's got his unarmed weapons in his backpack. Yes.
0: <laughs> Hold on. My fists are in my backpack. Yes, exactly. And if we had a nice, healthy GM, I would probably just ask my GM, hey, can you carry these? And if I need them, I'll ask you. So if we get, come across a monster that just keeps, like, skeletons that cast dropsy every time they hit you, then mm. I would be like, throw me my staves, and I'll fight with those. But our GM is Karin Davis, um, and she is um, s- still recovering, and she, she may not even GM from us, depending on how healthy she is. Um oh, she's gonna try jamming on Saturday and see how she does. But um she had some back issues and she's still recovering, so I'm not gonna make her
1: She's hairy. not exactly a pack mule, yeah. Yeah.
0: If we had a photographer or someone like that, I might do that. So yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. But
1: yeah. yes, we definitely had fun in Tomb of the Goblin Slayer with uh, both Tinica's <laughs> staff and my spear are shrinkable. So we were just constantly popping them in and out to our GM or anyone else who happened to be nearby. Yes.
2: Yes, when the GM had to go ahead of you so that I could look down the tunnel, then, then I was like, I can't, you, you can't, no, I, I hand it to someone
0: else. Yes. We, yeah, but That was a lot of fun. Cheryl just set up an online bill pay, pay system for games so you can pay ahead yeah. of time called WePay. Um, yeah,
1: thank you, Dia, for that idea, actually.
0: Oh, it was Dia's idea. Okay.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I, the fee sort of bugs me. There's a, it, they charge like a $3 fee.
1: And is it per transaction or is it per person?
0: Per transaction.
1: Okay, that sounds bad.
0: No, so and I... it must
1: be a percent because
2: mine wasn't that expensive. Oh, really? In fact, the rate seems to be varying, which is odd. So, like, who did Dia said it was two dollars ish. Mine was Here's a dollar seventy-seven. Yours is
1: three.
0: <laughs> okay. <But laughs> so that that is sort of how this... it could be based on where we live. Yeah.
1: No, I I mean last time I when she was first bringing it up, it was like it was just like a flat five percent or fifteen percent or something.
0: Anyways, that sort of bugged me, but the fact that my game fee is already paid for me and Joel and and Will, and then Dia paid hers, so I think we have one person on our team that still has to pay their game fee. It's just really nice that I can get up there and not have to worry about that. I mean, we'll still have to check in, but I can go not check bring in. your
1: cash and yeah, yeah. Yep, I can, I can just carry your wallet out of the car. Yeah.
0: yeah, I can check in most of our team. They can go get ready. Maybe go sign the waiver, you know, right before they go on course, and then we can just go. It just seems like it—it it makes it a little bit simpler the morning of game.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, do you guys do you guys ever make up like
1: cheat sheets for yourself about your characters? Um, I occasionally write my statistics on my arm. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure.
2: I started doing that recently with my 10th level mage, just because I couldn't keep track of all the stuff that he's got, but. But I'm actually a little bit tempted to do that with this character in terms of like reminders
1: of how I want him to speak or terms oh. of phrase that he might use or those kinds I've of things. I've done that I've done that in pen and paper role playing actually. Um uh-huh. I've had you know, I've had uh, I've written just little notes to myself about like how I want like combat to go, you know, like make sure the NPCs are talking during combat or You know, for a particular NPC, I've written, like, three words and put them in huge bold letters so that I keep remembering that throughout the encounter. So -hmm. I've certainly done that for pen and paper, but I can't say I've never done it for LARPing. Yeah.
0: I thought about doing a cheat sheet for this character, and I don't think I'm going to bother. I want to keep it as simple as possible. I think that's that's what the character's about.
1: Sure you don't Mm -hmm. need a cheat sheet just for his name? (laughs) What's his name?
0: Toru Val.
1: That's not his uh, full name, though.
0: Kintoruval.
1: See, he's already forgotten.
0: That's a title. You asked me <laughs> my name. That's part of my title. Oh. God, he's into it. Yeah. But <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. No. So, um, what else? Any other prep you guys are doing to get ready for the, the game day? Reviewing seven zero. We've been playing a lot of AAP lately.
1: Oh dear God. Yeah, that's a good point. I never really but... bother with rules.
0: <laughs> I know. I know physical you, tactics does nine. Dead? That's all I care about.
2: Yeah, these physical attacks are awesome.
0: Are you
1: awesome playing though. a second
2: or third level player?
1: Cool. Fourth. Fourth. What? It's a sect one through four level game. Oh, yeah, that's
2: right. So, oh, so you have several people playing second? We
3: yes.
0: Uh, Tia gotcha. is playing second since it's their first time playing a mage, and Ellie is mm-hmm. playing second because the difference between a second and third level thief is pretty much backstab damage and yeah. some other really crappy abilities um so she's like ah i'll just play second and mm-hmm. i think Nys is playing third i'll play third and we'll play fourth yeah nice yeah but it's gonna be an exciting game i think i'm really excited to hear how your team does and um yeah just, i just i think there's gonna be some good stories coming out of this game
2: yeah totally i, I feel the same sure way. hope so
0: and then after this um jeff are you playing in norman's next game or are you know you're NPCing, correct
2: I'm NPCing Norman's game. One of them.
0: The other one I'll be out of town. Okay.
2: And so my, but the next thing I'm doing is long way from home.
0: Oh right. Yeah, we're producing ah. the game. And you're playing in that we've asked you. Coming
1: to play. up on the twenty second. That's
0: right. Yep. Playing with the Balters again. We need NPCs. so if you won't mm-hmm. have Cheryl, but we will have right. Tom. Right. Right.
2: And fifth is still unknown.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's it, unless you guys wanna wrap anything else up or talk about anything else.
1: I'ma so. to pop some tags.
0: <laughs> Got twenty dollars in my pocket.
1: When you said wraps, wraps things up, I thought that's what you meant. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah.
0: Anyways, uh, thanks everyone. I think uh, that's a pretty long episode again tonight. Our episodes seem to get longer and longer. But uh, no this we're kidding. With us, if you uh, ever just need to take a break in the middle of these and listen to, we we only put out about one a month these days. Maybe maybe one every or two every month, but. Um, I apologize. If you have any comments or questions, you can send them to us. Uh, we're on Facebook I lost two well. games
1: of Dominion while we were having this podcast.
0: <laughs> By default? No. Well, well, didn't we have some questions that people sent in that we never answered?
1: No, those are, no, those are for the fight casts, I think.
0: Oh, okay, great.
1: Oh, no, they were from this they were we answered them okay i think we answered them
0: okay well if you have any questions that you want us to answer or you, anything you want us to talk about please email us um you can get find us on facebook or email us at mpaxon88 at gmail.com or whadden at gmail.com and jeff thanks again for coming on and uh keeping us entertained tonight and uh sure about nightshade and everything else yeah you bet great and remember fighters fight